Welcome to Teflo Waffle with Troy and Steve. And today we're talking about uh, whether our job matters. And yeah, so that's what we're talking about. Whether teaching makes a difference. Okay. Okay. So now the 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 basic question is, uh, what motivates people to become a teacher? And usually it's because we want to do some good. Okay. Magic thing. What, what what motivated you to become a teacher, Troy? Uh, I liked it. It really is. It's that simple. I went to class and I enjoyed it. I got a kick out of it. Uh, the students seemed really happy. Uh, okay. The fun part. Yeah, it was fun. Lots of teachers become teachers because there's a calling of some sort. We have this... Um, you mean this, the, the philosophical calling, like the, I've never taught before, but I, I feel like I want to give something back to the world yeah. and teaching the way that I can do it. I think the I've never taught before doesn't make any difference because we've all uh, sat no, in classes. I, I, no, we've all sat in classrooms. We know what we know what teaching is about, um, and we've all experienced that teacher who's changed our lives, in some way or another. Okay, um, I think it does make a difference. Um, the teacher who says I want to be a teacher because I, I want to make a difference, uh, so I, therefore I have to learn to teach. Versus, the person who's been in the classroom with the it doesn't have to be a directly as the teacher. They could have been uh, an assistant teacher, which is what I was. I was a teacher's assistant. Or they could have been just simply there as, uh, can you come and give us a, a presentation on what it's like to be a fireman? The, the kids would really love it. Um, that, that teacher is not saying, I want to be a teacher. They're saying, how do I, how do I be a good teacher? And I think that's a very different angle to come at teaching from. I want to be good versus I just want to be. You mean you, you mean there's a teacher who's serendip- serendipitously set in a, a situation where they want to teach or they have to teach, and then they mm. realize they want to do the, it well. They they might want to do it, but uh, wanting to do it from the angle of I've been in the classroom and I want to do it well versus uh, I've never taught before and I just like the idea of being a teacher. Uh, that's a different angle to me. Okay, this is gonna. This is a bad analogy because it doesn't fit. But there are people who want to be uh, famous authors, famous writers, and there are people who write. They write. They're not famous, but they write a lot. And I think those are two very different people. I want to be a writer versus I write. I am a writer. No. That's not how I would divide things, no. I mean, I, I think that everybody who writes, or teaches, or fights fires... Um, is a writer, or a teacher, or a firefighter. Well, they do it because they think that that's an important, meaningful... I mean, yes, we all want to enjoy the job that we're doing as well. But writing, for example, is not fun. It's it's hard, laborious. But some people just need to write. They, they want... Or, or paint, or, or garden, paint or, or yeah, that's take right. care of fish. At, at some point or another, we have to have a meaningful... We have to, we have to feel that what we're doing is meaningful in some way or another. Um, okay. Okay, so I chop down trees, and that's meaningful because of... Um, I support my family, or it's meaningful because... Um, I'm, I'm contributing to the development of these new cities that are being built in the West Coast uh, frontiers. I, I don't think so. I think a lot of people get their job satisfaction out of being 
good at their job or at least justifying that they are good at their job or they're doing a good job at their job. Mm. And there are plenty of people who just take their job. Why do they do it? Uh, because I have you, to they hate their jobs. pay my rent oh or my whatever. Those people. Okay, well, t- teaching is not like that. Teaching, you can really love teaching. Yes. Okay. Teaching is a great job. So teaching, we're deciding that teaching is more of a calling. <laughs> it's like... Uh, the being the uh, the author that's inspiring people, or the fireman that's uh, saving lives and property, and and is uh, a pillar of society, or for that matter, the uh, whatever the the common parlance is for garbage collector guy, you know, he's he, is that a calling? I don't know. I don't, uh, well, let's stick with teaching because I know about that. <laughs> um, the, the, the question of We've calling... We've become bogged down and sidetracked very early this time. <laughs> the question of calling is, is common to teachers. There are lots of teachers who feel that they're called okay. to teaching. Or that they're destined. It's what they've wanted to do since they were very young. It's all that they've been interested in. Uh, um, and, okay. and that it makes a difference. I think that a lot of teachers do believe that what they do makes a difference. Fair enough. Uh, do you think they're disillusioned no not disillusioned do you think the people who come at come at it from the teaching's really important uh i need to change people influence society yada yada do you think that they are taking the right approach in terms of i think that my job is to teach students to speak english use english no, but, but, but okay so a language teacher uh, yes, my job is to teach people how to speak language, but that's yeah. important because in doing that, I'm creating opportunities for their lives. I, I, I mean, th- this question of whether they are actually doing this is a different issue, but I yeah, think yeah. a lot of teachers do actually believe that I'm teaching English and this is important because I'm creating opportunities for these students to get promotions or expand their life choices. Or um, uh, Now, of course... There's quite a lot of research that says that that's not the case. Students yeah. will learn, yeah, irrespective good, of the fact. I think the the best analogy I've heard for it is a good student can learn from the worst teacher, but the best teacher can teach, can make sure that even the worst student learns. Ooh. I, I've always thought about it that way, that uh, a good student's going to learn no matter what. You you can't stop them from learning. Yeah, but. Uh, a good teacher can teach those students who we'll wouldn't learn otherwise. Yeah. So um, the, 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 there's, there's a paper that was written in the early 70s by um, a researcher called Good. I can't remember his first name now. Good. Um, it was a good, that's his name. Okay. Uh, and he, his argument was that teachers do make a difference. Um, we, we don't go to school to learn stuff that we would learn outside of school. Okay. Um, we go to school and we go into classrooms because we know that the thing that we need to learn is difficult or because we are learning things that under normal circumstances are outside of our, our scope of interest. Children don't learn reading and writing spontaneously in the playground, for example. Teachers can facilitate that kind of thing in the classroom. So teachers are making a difference. They do do things that, that are different from what kids or in an adult learning environment adults need support with this particular thing okay so um teachers who take this view of what they're 
that, that, that I, they're doing something that useful. I'm contributing something. I'm fulfilling a, a need that my students have. Right. Um, is called plausibility. It's teacher plausibility. Okay. Um, so when I feel, when I have a sense of plausibility as a teacher, my job is meaningful to me because I think I'm doing something that makes a difference in the students that I'm teaching's lives. That was uh, a very awkwardly created it, sentence. <laughs> it was. Um, my question is, is that your personal take? Are you a teacher because you think you're doing something meaningful? You personally. And you're staring up into space going, oh, well, no, what? Uh, uh. Well, I mean, uh, you, what? <laughs> <laughs> you become a teacher. You, well, um, you, you become a teacher. I, I became a teacher just because it happened. I don't think it was... My, my early degrees were in psychology. They weren't... I, I was called to be a psychologist. And it was only when I finished being called for that that I realized that that was a lot of nonsense. And I had something different that I wanted to do with my life. Which is education, which is so much psychology. Well, I use it a lot. Yeah, sure, I use my psychology all the time. But but uh, sitting with a client in a room talking about whatever problem they've had is would just drive me nuts, I think. Okay. But, um, with with teaching, I, I, feel, I feel my reach is so much more. I, I, I get so much more out of the classroom for myself. And I think that I also have... Um, more impact as a professional. Okay, so you think that uh, you're contributing? I do contribute, yes. Okay. That's what I think. And so I have a sense of plausibility about okay. my job. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I've ended up at exactly the same place as you, but I've come at it from a completely different angle. Um, beep. Yes. Okay, uh, I think that uh, or I should say, what gives me a sense of plausibility is the fact that my students are going to be in a classroom with a teacher, whether I'm there or not, there's going to be someone in the classroom teaching them. I'd much prefer that it was me uh, that's in the classroom because I'm going to make sure that I, I do my best to to make sure that they get something. So my plausibility, I mean, on a horrible level, I could say it it, it comes from a comparison. I've had a lot of bad teachers teach me, and I've had students tell me that I don't, we don't like that teacher, or we prefer to study this topic with you. Can you, can you re-explain this grammar that we, we studied yeah, yesterday? Yeah, sure, and, and that thing, where a student comes to you and says, we really love your classes, or we appreciate the effort that you put in, um, are those moments where our lives as teachers suddenly take on a rosy, happy feel about them? Um, Absolutely. I've, I've done something good. So and my plausibility then comes from being good at it rather than yeah. how, changing the world. How do you define goodness though? Because a student coming to you and saying, oh, you're such a good teacher, I really like studying with you, doesn't actually mean you're a good teacher. It means that they just prefer your lessons to Mr. Bob around the corner. Um, uh, I, I give my students a lot more credit than that. I think when my students say, can you teach us this topic or we'd like learning with you, I think they are especially adult students they're saying we learn we're learning yeah when i was in high school uh, we had a teacher who at the time i hated i really despised the guy um if i'd had a gun i would have shot him um but when i got into university a lot of the strategies he he taught with a lot of conviction he okay. knew he was right yeah um and he had a very black and white view of how the classroom needs to run it's like this 
and he seated us in the way that he wanted it. He was very dictatorial and yeah. um, authoritative and and um, belittling. You know, he really, Ooh. yeah, he was horrible. But his the things that he taught us landed up becoming crucial to me for my success at university. How to take notes, how to organize material so that I could prioritize. Um, okay. things that he taught us in class that he thought were more important than the curriculum. He he sidetracked him, his lessons a lot. What, and he, what was he, his subject? Well, yeah, you see, I, I studied classical civilization with him. I was one of those History. schools. Okay. Mm. And um, he spent a week teaching us how he wanted us to take notes while he was teaching. Okay. And then we had to take notes in, in that, that format. format. Right. And he would mark our notes. He wouldn't mark the content of the notes. He would mark... Um, Ooh. So, Interesting. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and he took that very seriously. And in retrospect, I, he's dead now. But if I could, could go back to him and I, I'd now say to him, "Look, you're a good teacher. I hated you, but I, you're." A, but you I know, learned from you. I learned a lot from you. Yeah. Okay. But as a as a thirteen year old teen, I had didn't have that conception. I didn't have that ability to go to him and say, "Look, I appreciate what you're doing," because I didn't know what he was doing. Um, so. The sense of goodness or what, what makes us good coming from the students is sometimes a, a biased... You're still describing to me a terrible teacher. If what, you, if what you learned from him was not your subject, that's a bad teacher. No. I mean, what does a teacher teach? A teacher doesn't just teach a curriculum. A teacher teaches a set of skills. Um, the, curriculum is, the curriculum is the, is the content. But the, the way in which a teacher um, passes on more than just the curriculum is what makes good teachers better than just somebody who's going through the curriculum. What am I going to teach these students? Well, it's page 37. What am I going to teach these students? Well, I'm going to teach them how to succeed at university. Um, the one goal is a lot bigger. and um, uh, No. No? No. What am I going to teach these students, page 37, is just as bad as what am I going to teach them? How to be good, upstanding members of society and brush their teeth in the morning. <laughs> Both of those things are irrelevant. No. If, I'm, if, if my job is to teach them uh, how to play football, mm. then I think I could probably make some sort of argument that my lecture on personal hygiene is making them better team players which helps the football uh, but my job is not so what did you learn from your football coach personal hygiene yes i brush my but, teeth but if I, if my if my football if i coach, did, and if my football did not improve but i i had better teeth brushing <laughs> skills no. i'm a crap football okay, coach but but the the analogy works better this way <laughs> the the football coach has got to teach dribbling and and kicking skills and all those things yeah but he's also got to make sure that each yep. member of his team is a good sportsman yes okay um, so sportsmanship is a part of that teacher's okay so if what i learned was sportsmanship but i can't dribble a football was he a good football coach no, well, I mean, that, yeah. the, the case of my, the teacher I'm talking about now, he taught us classical civilization and he taught us those things. He was just an asshole. Am I Did you say that? Uh, I, I, what country are we in? Um, it depends. Well, he was an a-hole. I'm sure that that works everywhere. He was terrible, really. He was a horrible guy. He, he, but in his view, I think he was being that way because he had goals to achieve. And my perception of him was was 
he's horrible to me, therefore he's a horrible person. Um, he doesn't... He still sounds like a terrible teacher. Yeah. I think uh, that the students who wanted to pass, passed. The students who were going to pass no matter what, passed. The students who weren't going to pass sat there and went through the motions and didn't learn any classical civilization. They just went, fine, what do I have to do to make you stop yelling at me? Yeah. Or, actually, I'm going to pretend to be sick today. Well, okay, let, let's take this from another angle. Who, who needs to learn classical civilization, actually? I mean, it's a load of rubbish. What a stupid thing to make a 13-year-old learn. What, that Odysseus, uh, I mean, I don't know, whatever that okay. we learned in those This is a whole other podcast about what's the purpose of education anyway. Yeah. That's, so that's for we, our discussion. For when me. we're teaching English, when we're teaching English language, yes, uh, what are we teaching? Are we teach gr- 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 grammatical accuracy? Are we teaching fluency? Or are we teaching people to become confident in communicating so that they can get a good job? Um, I'm teaching them... All of those commu- things. No, I'm teaching them communication skills and to do that... They need some fluency and some accuracy and some pronunciation, some grammar and some vocabulary. And the the subtleties of the difference between... Uh, what was the examples? <laughs> How are you going to do that all in one hour? I'm not. I'm doing it over but, the course of six months. What's your overriding goal? My overriding goal is to improve their English as a whole. Not to make them better people and good teeth brushes. <laughs> That's my job. It is. It's, it's my job. Yes. And if you're doing that well, you feel like a, you have a sense of plausibility about what it is that you're doing. Yes. Some students are going to come to you and say, you're great. Yeah. But at the same time, some of the students are going to walk out and go, oh, God, I need to find a teacher who's going to teach me how to say this properly. Um, if by some you mean few, there's... Unfortunately, as a classroom teacher, there's not much I can do about that. Yeah. If I've got 30 people and one of them leaves and says, uh, this teacher uh, this teacher uh, couldn't tell me the exact rule for whether this was a transitive or intransitive verb or something, whatever. And the other 29 uh, go, that was great. Or even 27. I've, I've yeah. got to go... If 27 of them learnt so what the, I wanted them to learn. The times that I felt the most unhappy about myself as an English teacher are those times where I've taught a lesson and it's just felt flat. Flat. The students have already come in knowing the thing that I'm trying Ooh, to teach you. Yes, yeah. those are the lessons or, I hate. Or I've, I've got a student in my class who says, oh, I learn better when I'm alone. Or, um, yeah. you know, and I know from my, for myself, when I learn a language, I can't learn in a group. I really can't. I need a one-to-one teacher and I need... If I'm in a group, I start becoming all um, self-conscious and I have all these... Oh, I don't. I just switch off. Yeah, and and so that means that we're teaching group lessons, but we ourselves can't learn as as members of the group. Uh, No, I I can learn as members of a group, but uh, I can't passively learn. Don't ask me to sit there and just... Just do as I say... Okay, fine, as long as I have to do. But just listen to what I say. No, I can't do that. This doesn't help me learn as a person. Right. I can't just listen. Just Even if you ask me to read something, read it and discuss it, or even read it and think about it is better than nothing. But here, quickly, read that paragraph aloud. Good job. No, forget it. It's not going to help so me. So you're learn. an experiential learner. Very much. And you're an experiential teacher. Very much. And also I'm an interactive learner. 
and I teach that way. But I'm also a very private learner. I like to spend uh, a lot of time on tangents, in case you haven't noticed. I like tangents, and I know that that's irrelevant to the classroom. And I have to, as a teacher, not accidentally go on tangents when I'm teaching. Because I'm a tangential learner, but I'm not a tangential teacher. Or at least I try not to be. I, I still am. So sometimes. your experience as a learner has informed your teaching? Or is your is that something that's... I'd say that's a two-way street. You Both. Uh, I, I tried a little bit right in the beginning, if we're talking about the, the, the feeling inspired thing, or trying to inspire, or, I don't know, change our students' lives, or whatever. I tried to do some things that were obviously... Um, that were obviously of interest to me. Uh, like, uh, I love reading. And so I would try to take in pieces of novels or things like that that, uh, that to try to inspire my students to love reading. But that loving reading is a personal thing. Yeah. And my job is not to teach my students to love reading. My job is to teach them English. But I think that passing on a love of reading is probably a very good byproduct if you could do it. If I could do it. Right. But that should not be my focus. I mean, one of the, one of the advantages of doing what you do, have teaching in the way that you know you'd like to learn, is that it probably makes your lessons feel passionate because um, you're strong, you've got conviction about what you're doing. I, I had to drop some of my convictions, like loving reading. I, I don't think that you have to love reading. I think that's a personal thing. You, you love it or you don't. And I... I love it, but my students don't need to love it. No, you don't need to love it, but I mean, there's certainly a lot of benefits in reading. If sure. you if you can bring in interesting topics from crack.com or something that you know the students are going to find, uh, yep. that might motivate them to start exploring little things by themselves. And surely that's a nice byproduct of your lesson. Yes, but it's a byproduct, not the Not focus. your primary goal. Yeah. My goal in the reading lesson is to... Make sure that they understand uh, what's inferred by the text by the way that we phrase it in English. That when we phrase it in a particular way, it means this, not that. But the, the upshot of all of this is, is that when you're teaching in this way, your lessons are going to feel full and juicy and plump and delicious because you're doing what you love and you love what you do. And, and, and I'm trying to do it well. And Yeah, and you're doing it well. And the student's going to pick up on that. Okay, so does it matter? Yeah, so it, it probably doesn't. Bec um, we've got so many bad teachers out there and we've got so many bad students out there and it's easy to wash over all of that and say it doesn't matter. But the, the fact of the matter is that it only takes one amazing teacher to change a, a student's perception on things. Um, I This whole question of whether it matters or not, I mean, obviously there's a deeply philosophical question about, you know, uh, I, I'm a gardener and I'm passionate about gardening and I love making sure my garden is beautiful and I, I love the pleasure that people get out of my garden but most people just walk through my garden and, and don't really notice. They would notice, they might notice if it was filthy and full of garbage and whatever but they don't actually notice that it's beautiful and amazing. So there's that, that's a personal motivation thing. But I would say that the question of whether it matters or not should come from the students. You should be looking at it from the student's perspective, not from yours. I'm fulfilled. Okay, fine. Being fulfilled will hopefully make you better at your job. But more importantly, uh, 
I'm making sure that my students get the most out of my lessons. I think that's the important part. Because teaching, teaching's not like, um, whatever, I'm, the, I'm the, the guy at McDonald's whose job is to assemble the hamburgers as they come down the line. And maybe I'm only doing one part of it because it's a really busy McDonald's and all I do is do the meat patties. Or maybe it's a quiet McDonald's and, and I'm putting together these burgers over and over again. And sure, it matters if I get a Big Mac and there's... There's no sauce, or there's a tiny smidgen of sauce in it. Sure, I suppose that matters. But if I was not here today, the guy, the other guy could take over and do my exact job. Possibly. I don't I, think I that would, works as a teacher, though. Yeah, I would, if you're I would, not here. I feel differently. I feel that the teacher's feeling of, of being needed and necessary and um, feeling passionate about their job washes out into the classroom and the students who even don't want to study start learning in a teacher's classroom who it's in a in the room that where a teacher is is doing their job well um, what about um the fact of the matter is i uh, you don't have to work hard as a teacher you don't have to there are always positions where you can get away with doing the bare minimum in fact there are a lot of positions where you can get away with that i'm not saying you should be but you certainly can. You can get away with it. And no one will necessarily notice. You just... You, you've you got uh, some stuff that you can photocopy and you just go into class and you say, do the worksheet. Well, as a, as a manager of school, um, yeah. I'm fully aware of the fact that I've got a broad spectrum of, of teachers of different capabilities. But I'm, I'm always sensitive to teachers who are trying. So if I've got a weak teacher, but they're trying hard... I'll put effort into the teacher to try and okay. make them better. Uh, I've always, in almost every case, I've always got that teacher who's just a lemon. Who I they're a lemon in that they, they can't do it. They're struggling and they can't. Either they don't care, or they're just interested in themselves, or they spend their whole night out and they come into school tired. But to replace them is more effort than just holding on to them and leaving them in in a. Yep. Um, so it's like that. We it's it's. A teacher who's just above that, I won't tolerate. You know, there's a line. You can't yeah. tolerate a teacher weaker than this, and he's just above that line. And maybe he's there because that's he knows that that's the minimum he needs to do to so yeah. to keep his job. Um, but who's what's who's he fooling, and how much respect is he garnering? I mean, the students he, don't like him. I don't like him. The school tolerates him. It's it's what a waste of my life. I don't see it that way. Unfortunately. So many of this type of teacher that I'm describing, the, the bare minimum teacher, justifies it. Justifies what? Doing the bare minimum. Look, m my students are happy. They love me. They it's don't. fine. Yeah, well, but you see that... It's fine. No, that teacher's fooling himself because the students don't love him. I mean, the well, students well, might go to We have to a him. laugh and we all get along and they enjoy my lessons. And look, we chat in the, the playground when we're on lunch break and... I'm, you know, I'm a nice, friendly, open yeah, guy. So I, and my view is that teachers created for himself a sense of plausibility, which is fake. Um, and that's fine. I mean, if, if that's enough to keep him going. Um, but what, no one expects any more of me. I'm doing fine. What do you mean I, I should spend hours making material? Well, that's what they say. Yeah, you're right. Why should I? What I'm doing is working just fine. It's fine. Mm. And he would even argue that, look, these two students have learned a lot from this lesson. Yeah. Two of my 45 students have learned a lot. That's fine. <laughs> I, I think he would also argue, look, 
We we I gave out the worksheet. They all did the worksheet. What's the problem? Mm. What do you mean? I should have made my own worksheet because I uh, this weird thing that I got from the internet that that's using really well, British I, phrases from the seventies. I 70s have to say that uh, thank God not all teachers are like that. Um, A lot of teachers are like this. Well. Thank God not all teachers are like that. That there are some teachers who do take pride in the fact that they're reaching all the students in the class, not just some. Um, that they're creating worksheets that are fun, interesting, and beneficial. That they're getting accuracy, fluency, and peripheral benefits from their lessons, like toothbrushing. Um, <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're actually teaching things that, that go beyond the classroom that are going to penetrate into the students' long, the longer-term existence of the students' lives. Um, without those teachers, school would be a, a dark, miserable, dreary, Dickinsonian sort of existence. Which, which a lot of schooling is. Yes, which this podcast is going to change. Um, <laughs> 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 right. okay. And on that very positive note, um, a word from our sponsors. Hang on a sec. Refillable Inc. Um, look, many a merry hour has been spent sitting at my desk looking... Very teacherly and professional while I refill my... Um... Yeah, but it actually goes more than that. I mean, there's nothing worse than being in a classroom trying to write something on the board and the ink in your pen is empty. I mean, having <laughs> having the facility to fill up your pen with ink before you go into class uh, is amazing. awesome. Amazing. Mm. I mean, imagine imagine the, the world we'd live in if we couldn't put ink in pens and we had to buy new ones. If you have some plausibility, fill your pen with ink <laughs> okay. before you go to class. Tiffle Waffle is proudly brought to you by the non-stop wafflers, Troy and Steve. For any questions, comments, complaints, or queries, you can email tifflewaffle at gmail.com or visit www.tifflewaffle.com. <laughs>